to the educators podcast i'm your host alejandro gutierrez and we're gonna go way back you know way back into time and uh i was able to reconnect uh with this former classmate of mine and i'm gonna let him introduce himself first and then we'll get into it go ahead my man yeah thanks for having me appreciate the time uh, i think it's awesome what you're doing by the way so it's cool to reconnect uh my name is michael chavez booth um i go by mcb Back when we were, you know, knowing each other in school, booth. I think I went booth. by Booth. <laughs> yeah, Booth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, times have changed. I use my both uh, last names now and and go fully by uh, Michael Chavez Booth. So MCB. Um, I'm out here in Los Angeles. Hopefully make my way back to Sacramento sometime soon. And I I work in esports. And I know we're going to talk a lot about that, but yeah. I work in esports. And my, my, much of my career has been in professional uh, slash traditional sports. Um and now I'm in this new this new world, man. It's exciting and continues to grow. So that's tight, that's tight man. Yeah. Uh, yeah, man. I appreciate you taking this call, and, and you know, I appreciate everyone who's out there listening to this on YouTube, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere we are. You know, by this point, uh, we're past you know 4,800 downloads. So I'm I'm pretty excited of how far this podcast has come. Um, you know, trying to ball out on a budget, you know, so we're, we're getting there <laughs> organically, organically. Yeah. Speaking of ball out on a budget, we got to get something there for your push board, man. Yeah. I almost sent you some swag ahead of time. I totally forgot, but uh, okay. maybe after, after we're done here. Let's I'll, go. I'll let's go. Hey, this, yeah. Hey, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. I appreciate you. I'm leaving that blank until people send me stuff. So, yeah. It's kind of like a, Hey, hook me up. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad you noticed that. It took 42 episodes for someone to notice that. And uh, <laughs> hopefully by the 43rd, I'll have something there, you know? So um yeah mike i appreciate your time and like i said we go back we go back um all the way back to high school um i was a freshman i got thrown into this uh senior heavy class it was ap spanish with uh senorita ward you know she's a legend and um you know i get in there and i remember the first day she told me she goes hey uh just so you know you know um and i still remember this i still remember this to the day she was like hey just so you know there's a lot of um you know, higher classmen in here or people from higher higher classes. And I kind of didn't understand what she meant. I thought she meant like social economic classes, right? I was like, dang, she oh, just wow. called me broke. You know, I didn't understand. <laughs> I was I was 13, 14 years old. I had no idea what she was talking about. Yeah. And I go in there and I'm like, why am I in here? You know, I go home and I'm like, Dad, why would you throw me in this, you know, why would you have them put me in this class? And he's like, Oh, because Spanish one and two and three are gonna be too easy for you. And they and they were. Yeah. So um yeah, I was able to do AP Spanish young, very young and I always brag about that with my students because now that I'm a Spanish teacher, I'm like, hey, man, I took this as a freshman. And they're like, full what? circle. Yeah, 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 full yeah. circle. Yeah, full circle. So, <laughs> you know, you were in there and there was a lot of students in there. And, and yeah, I mean, you were very nice to a 14 year old back then. You as a senior, you were a popular dude with your Letterman jacket and everything and playing football. So I looked up to you guys. You guys were really cool with me, man. Thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think. Thanks. Yeah. No, I remember you were you were also you were also a big 14 year old, though. That was the yeah. other thing. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't. Yeah, I didn't look tiny. No, yeah, five ten probably. So five, I was probably I was probably confusing you with like a junior. To yeah, be honest, that's what it was. Yeah, no, <laughs> and they helped me out a lot. So like, uh, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. No, no, you're good. And, and I actually look back. I wasn't. I wasn't a small guy. It wasn't like I was like this little guy. I mean, it was. I was a new student, but I did feel like 
I don't know. It was just a weird experience. I'm never going to forget that class because I was the only freshman with seniors. And it was definitely like, a, uh, it was tough for me to kind of like be mature enough to be in there, you know? Because like, whoa, I got to yeah. do this. Yeah. So. Senior award was something else, man. I'll never forget her. Definitely. She was, she was, she was very unique. Um, I have one anecdote with her. Um, a good friend of mine, Laylee, we were, we were both in that class. I don't know if you remember Laylee, but she, think um, so. she actually works at Sac State now. Oh, wow. Um, but we were, we were so tight and we, we made up this lie for senior award that, that I had, um, I was staying at her house because all of our utilities were taken uh, in like some bankruptcy court battle and that like the repo <laughs> man came and took everything. So like, I didn't have a fridge. I didn't have a bed. I didn't have TV, nothing. And her face, she like immediately was just like, oh my goodness, is that yeah. true? And, and Laylee the whole time had to like kind of buy into it because I kind of, you know, drug her into this, into this narrative. And she was like, yeah, 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 it's really sad. And then at the end of class, I was like, you know, singer award, I'm, I'm just kidding. I, none of that's true. And actually, I understand the severity of this fib and how it could impact people. And I don't mean to offend you or in that. And she was, <laughs> after that, she never let it down, man. Every class, she would be like, how's everything at home? I'm like, it's good. It's good. I'm telling yeah, you. It's a joke. Good. Yeah. No, she was definitely definitely marked my life as well because you know just having a teacher with that much energy remember that? i mean speaking yeah. about her I, you know i hope she's you know i don't know where she is i hope she's doing well but you know she definitely was had this energy that i don't have when i teach like she's just man she was just doing it she had these yeah. songs and these little yeah. dances and yeah, I the little pops she's like pop around yeah, yeah. And, I, <laughs> and i just remember you and a bunch of people just cracking up and i'm just saying like this is crazy you know and and i you know, unfortunately, I can't teach that way. That's not my style. I just, I don't have yeah. it. I, I am upbeat. I'm in their face, but I'm not doing those songs. So, I, you know, shout out to her for, for leaving a mark on us, you know, leaving a mark on her students for yeah, sure. Yeah, it obviously stuck with you. It stuck with me. So, hey, it played it played a role in who we are and what we did, right? So, yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. So, you know, speaking of who would just stay on that path, you know, like you said, I am, uh, I am a teacher. I'm a Spanish teacher and I'm in the neighborhood where I grew up. So it's, it's really cool to see like, you know, I go around the community, I just see people and, uh, and kids are like, Hey, you know, Mr. G. So, you know, and I, and I want to be that teacher because my dad was that, was that educator back in the day. And when yeah. he was at Rio Tierra and, and he was a, you know, he was there, he was admin for a long time and he was all over the place um, for the defunct, you know, it used to be Grant Union district. Now it's a yeah, universe, yeah. but, but so we go places. I tell the story at the time, we go to Chuck E. Cheese and all his like old students were there and they would just give me a bunch of tokens because <laughs> we just ran into them. So different things like that where I'm like, well, that's my dad, dude. You know what I mean? Like, so like, yeah. I know my dad's not, you know, a pro baseball player, but like, that's my dad, you know, and these people are going to, yeah. they're going to remember my dad forever. And I just, I wanted to be that person at that moment. I was like, I got to be that person too, you know? So that's cool, man. That's, that's right, what man. took me there, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So kind of tell me, man, we already talked about teachers. We talked about how they left the mark on us. Anything else? Uh, well, let's just talk about what you do after high school. Let's go there first. What'd you do after high school, man? Yeah, I, I went to uh, undergrad at the University of San Diego. Uh, it was a private school in San Diego. Surprise, surprise. Um, and while I was there, I studied business. Um, I always thought that I was going to go get a law degree and become Jerry Maguire, which is a Show really, me old, the money. <laughs> really old pop culture reference. But that was what was top of my mind back then. It was like one of the first looks into like what it took to be a sport agent and mm. kind of what that life was about. And I was kind of you know, pretty enamored with that. Um, but I ended up actually going to law school for a little bit and I just did not like it at all. And just okay. decided that was not my path. Um, but in undergrad, um, speaking to a couple of teachers, you know, they, they noted that I was a really good writer. 
and they said, have you ever thought about PR, public relations? And I said, I don't even know what that is. So no, I haven't, certainly. And um, they said, you should look at it. You're a good writer. You're a good storyteller. You have this energy. I feel like it would be good for you. And so I started toying around with some internships, um, you know, at, at the, the sports information office at my undergrad, um, a couple of uh, agencies and organizations nearby in San Diego. And eventually I landed uh, like a year long internship with this then San Diego Chargers. Um, and so I was on with that club for a while. The year, this is dating myself, but the year that they went to the AFC Championship and lost to Tom Brady in, in Foxborough. And that was the year that LaDainian Tomlinson had an injury. He didn't play. Philip Rivers, Philip Rivers had an injury, but he played oh. on his torn ACL, right. um, which is incredible even now. Um, and I did that. And then after that, I, I kind of took a little bit of a hiatus from, you know, in terms of establishing a career. Um, and I did some odd jobs. And I actually did a little bit of PR, but more in like, you know, private consultation. So working with small companies and like friends and family on trying to, you know, get them uh, out there and, and really promote them. Uh, and then eventually I found my way to Los Angeles um, because I, I recognized that was a big market for public relations and, and storytelling and marketing communications. And so I found an internship with a big time agency called Edelman um, and quickly advanced there into a full-time job. Uh, and at the same time, I went back and got my master's. And I actually went to USC. They have a really good communication school there called Annenberg. Um, and I got my master's there. So while I was working, I was going to get my master's and, you know, yeah. also, you know, being a partner at home and like really growing up really, really fast. And I decided at that point, okay, I probably should stick this out and stay in this, this industry. Mm -hmm. And I did. And I've been there ever since. And fast forward, I want to say it's been... I guess seven years later from when I graduated from the master's program, I actually went back and taught. And I've taught several semesters now as an adjunct uh, for public relations at USC. And that's been really rewarding too. Mm. So respect to you, respect to Ms. Ward, obviously, <laughs> yeah. uh, in terms of what teaching is like. And Woo! it's a little different at the collegiate level, but there's still a lot of challenges and things you got to work through and, and learn, you know, so. Oh, you're not telling the kids to take their hat off and put their phone away? <laughs> <laughs> the phone part is the hardest thing. The phone part is the hardest thing. The computer is the hardest thing. Now I want them to take notes. I want them to be engaged and I want them to be able to look stuff up because some of this stuff's interactive. However, when we have a guest speaker That's and they're telling yeah. them all about like their profession and they're, you know, they're even opening the door for them to ask good questions or why don't you, why don't you come talk to me about what you want to do? You know, it's still on the computer. So we, I had a rule in my class when we have guest speakers, no computers, no phones. When I'm up there and you want to, you know, I, if I'm wasting your time and you want to show me that, that's fine. But when we have guests, no, let's not do that. So, <laughs> okay, that's a little uphill battle I deal with all the time. But no, yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. It's a little, I guess it doesn't change, but it, it's very different. You know, technology has changed, right? You know, kids are on their phones and we didn't have that issue, yeah. right? When we were in school, there was no such thing as putting our phone away, you know, because I, I can only imagine what we would be doing on the phones. It would be a mess, you know? So uh, <laughs> I, I don't blame the kids too much for that because it, it's there, you know, it's there. And, yeah. and we, it wasn't there for us, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, man. So it's cool. What, what kind of, you know, we talk about college in the show a lot. I talk about, you know, making a decision to go to college and where to go, but how was that conversation at home? Was that something that you grew up knowing you were going to go? Was that something your parents, you know, kind of instilled in you because of their careers? I don't know. Can you kind of share a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, both my, both my parents, uh, were fortunate enough to go to college, um, which says a lot for that generation. You know, um, my dad, his family's from Midwest. 
their their white background. Uh, my mom is from Tijuana, so she's she's Mexican. She was the first person in her family to go to college. She's actually one of the first people in her family to graduate from high school uh, as well. She grew up uh, in a migrant family, so education was important, but it wasn't the number one priority. You know, it was definitely working and taking care of the family. You know some of these traditions. And so she herself actually entered education. She wanted to become a, teach, a teacher um, early on. And the, one of the main reasons for that and that interest was when she was in grade school, she, she came over to the States, you know, they immigrated and she came over and she couldn't speak English. And she had this one teacher who was really impactful to her because he, after class, before class would take time to teach her uh, and help. And she learned to speak English. She had ESL program, but she learned to speak English primarily from Peanuts, from Charlie Brown and Snoopy, mm. because he would read the comics with her. And mm. so she became a huge fan, obviously. But there was an instance when she was a kid when, you know, probably one of the first sessions she was, she was in school and they went around the class and asked, you know, what do you want to be when you grow up, whatever. And it came up to her and she was, you know, so nervous because she was trying to think of the words and she was reciting to herself. This is what I'm going to say, this is what I'm going to say, this is what I'm going to say, <laughs> you know. And then she finally got her chance and she said, I want to be a t-shirt. And then the, all the kids like just started clowning on her. And, you know, the, the, even the teacher was like, you said a t-shirt? Oh, you mean a teacher? And so it became this big thing. And after school, she ran home and was just like really upset. And crying to her mom and her mom was like look if you want to be a camiseta then you be the best damn camiseta that you can be because like, her mom didn't get it right like she didn't understand the teacher the t-shirt <laughs> right um but anyway so so education was really important my dad was also um a teacher when he was when he was young in his career in fact that's how he and my mom met he was teaching some of her younger siblings uh when they were in middle school and high school and so he 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 somehow Came in, came in touch with her at an event or something like that, uh, and then they, you know, they obviously got married and had me. And so throughout my life, you know, education was was pretty important and instilled uh, in me. Um, and so I don't think it was ever a real question about going going to college. Um, it was really more about, you know, how how do we get there and what college are we gonna are we gonna get into? Um, and at the same time, it was never super uh, a situation. Of pressure. I never really felt like overwhelmed or, oh God, if I don't get into the school, right. what then? It was more so, this is what's going to happen and we want to encourage and help you, but this is ultimately your decision. So let's do this together and we'll be behind you. And, and, and that was, that was perfect. Like that, I couldn't have asked for a better support system in that regard. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I, I'm, I'm kind of in the same, I'm in the same boat, you know, both my parents were educators. So they were obviously, they went to a they met at Sac State and the whole love story. And I repeated that love story with my wife. We met at Sac State too. So it's kind of the same oh, thing, wow. but <laughs> uh, <That's> cool. yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, so, you know, I talked about it before with other people and I talk about it with even, you know, coworkers or whatever it may be. And, and we just kind of try to talk about that college situation, how that is at home and how different it is. You know, we, we talked about that, the word privilege or, or, or normalizing, whatever people use, but yeah. You know, I just wanted to reach out to you, see what you thought about that, or what what you dealt with, because at my house is the same thing. It was it was a kind of a thing of like, not uh, if I'm gonna go. It was like, where where are you gonna go? You know, where are you gonna go, yeah. son? And and because you know, it was normal. I looked up in my house, and you know, college was something that my parents were able to do, and they always said, hey, we did it, and we came from another country, 
you know, we weren't born here. We we came here yeah. and 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 so what is your excuse? That's what my mom and dad were like, what is your excuse, yeah. man? And I'm like, oh shoot, you know. So they they make it really easy for me in that in that regard. Um, you know, yeah. obviously going back to the beginning where my dad made me be in the AP classes as a freshman and pushing for that. I'm like, what are you doing, man? You know, I'm just trying to yeah. So and that's obviously him being an educator, him knowing he was a counselor as well. So he knew like the you know, the transcripts and how to do all that. And he knew what to do and what to talk, who to talk to for that. So yeah. it, it was, I definitely had that in my corner, which was a huge advantage, you know, to have that at home. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm hoping I could awesome. be that for somebody in the classroom now, you know, because a lot mm -hmm. of these kids don't have that, that you and yeah. I had. And so it's like, I want to be that person at least like, Hey, you know, like you said, spending that time and, and reaching out to that student and be like, Hey, I know you, uh, you know, you need to learn English. So we're going to do it this way, you know, whatever, finding that way to teach them to learn yeah. the language, whatever it may be. We never know what kind of little conversation will affect these students the same way we talked about our Spanish teacher right now. It's like, oh man, she was cool, you know, stuff like that. So, <laughs> you know, and I, yeah, and I think I think even even outside of the classroom, you know, it's important and, and, and to to find or I guess encourage or I guess you know set up that opportunity for mentorship in any capacity. Like it doesn't just have to be you know a teacher. It doesn't have to, just have to be about education, but some of that life mentorship. I am actually volunteering now for a nonprofit out here and we go and basically we just speak on a weekly basis and interact with these kids. Um, a lot of them are continuation students. They're in specialized programs because mm -hmm. for whatever reason they couldn't they couldn't graduate through the the normal, you know, the normal curriculum. Um, and it's in, it's incredible how much just like showing up is important for them. You know, and and just doing that kind of thing I think is 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 equally valuable in some respect than saying you know, well, how, how are you going to get into college or what are you going to do? It's really more like, okay, what are you interested in? And what, yeah. what, what kinds of things do you want to explore? Yeah. And how can I help you figure that out? Or, or, or what, what can we look at together? Or what questions might you have? Um, and because I say that because when we get feedback from the students at the end of each semester, you know, what was your, you know, what was your, your most, I guess, what was your most memorable experience from this? What did you pull from this? And also what can we do better? And they, the answers are almost always synonymous. It's you showed up, keep showing up. Like that's it. They, they just love the, the fact that there's someone in their corner yep. and someone that believes in them and that keeps showing up and is consistent. You know what I mean? So, Heck yeah. yeah. No, and that's huge. I mean, that, cool. that's, I think that's the role of the teacher to begin with anyway. I think yeah. a lot of us get stuck on this, um, this subject that we teach. And those are the teachers that probably should take a break or kind of just you know, take a seat, <laughs> but, and, and you know, they get tired or, you know, there's a burnout yeah. or it's not a good fit at whatever school you are. But you know, the teachers we had, it was a big school at the time. And I always tell people ask us like, what's that one teacher that drove you to, you know, be here. And I'm like, I, I honestly, I can't name one, you know? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sharing great stories of Senita Ward and it was funny and it made an impact on me and it was great. It was, she had good energy, but I never felt like a teacher at my high school reached out to me, you know, and I didn't need that. You know, thank God I didn't need that. I had that in my house. I had coaches, I had parents, I had my things going on, but yeah. some people probably did. They probably did need someone to reach out. So I hope that they were able to reach out to them, but it was a lot different back then. And, you know, big schools and, and, and overworked teachers, you know, they're just like next yeah. class, next class, you know, like, let's go. The bell rings. And, and I don't know how you felt about that, but I didn't think that any teacher ever really made that like, for example, I'll tell you this. There's some teachers that I had in the Thomas um, that I see them now because they're still in the district. They're still there. I'll see them yeah. as that thing. They don't know who I am. You know, I have to go up to them and tell them what year. And I get it. They've had millions of, of students. Of course. Of but course. just to show you, it's like I remember every single teacher I had, but I don't think any of the teachers remember me. I don't think any of them. I don't think any teacher remembers me because I was so quiet, you know? So, yeah. 
You know, it's, it, there's, there's, there's some truth to that. And I think it's tough, like you said, because, um, you know, the size of the classrooms, um, the fact that there is a lot of demand on teachers. Um, but I do feel like what you're trying to, I, I, what I'm hearing from you is in some of that humanizing it. And, you know, I, I recognize you, even yeah. if they don't remember you, but I yeah. recognize you. Oh, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds right. You know, two of my really good friends are former teachers that taught me at Natomas High School. Wow. Um, and we've been friends for, you said it earlier, more than 20 years now. Um, and we had a little bit of a hiatus, but as an adult, I really enjoy, you know, spending time with them. And we're at this point in our lives where like a lot of the things that they've experienced, I have now experienced. So we have a lot of the same values, right? right? And we're right. able to interrelate a little bit better. But it would not, that relationship would not be there if they didn't stick out in my mind or my heart based on where they were in, in my life as a student. And I think it was that, I think they humanized it. They just, they showed, they showed up, right. They showed up and they, and they, they showed interest in things and they, you know, they called me by my nickname or whatever it was. And now we, I mean, we, we talk and text all the time and people are kind of like, you're what your friends from where? And I'm like, yeah, that was that was one of my social science teachers and one of my English teachers. And mind you, you know, now I'm I'm working in an industry where I'm writing all the time, you know, where I'm actually using some of the skills that he threw at me. So had to have has had some influence. You know what I mean? I don't I don't want to miss one. Now that you're talking about that, I don't want to make you know, Mr. Hamasaki did uh, a teacher. He did. He does know who I am. I do see him at Togo's here and there. And he does say what's up. So he does remember me and, and I'll give him a shout out because that was a long, long time ago. Man, he remembers a freshman from his PE class. Yeah. So I would I don't want to say they don't, you know, I just want to say like I want to be that teacher. Maybe I didn't need that. Like I said, I didn't need that experience. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I yeah. you know, and I'm not trying to I'm not trying to mess talk mess about anybody. I just I just think I look back and I go like, you know, thank God I had I had two parents at my house and, and they mm-hmm. were, you know, there and they were, you know, and they were just, you know, trying to take me a certain path. And I'm just hoping that somebody was there for other students, but I want to be that person for the students that I do have, you know, like, I think that's, if you're yeah. In, yeah. If you're into art, I'm gonna hype you up, you know, and if you're into yeah. rap, I'm not going to knock you down. I'm going to say, okay, you like rap, but you know, how, you know, what are you doing with, you know, and I just try to give them a little feedback. You're on SoundCloud. Yeah. Okay, cool. Now what else can we do? You know, little things like that. And, and I guess we could take it to the next thing now, like gaming, right? They try to get me into gaming. I'm just like, dude, I don't even, I haven't played video games in a long time, buddy. You know, like I, I don't have time. I always tell them I, have, I play the game of life. That's what I always tell. I play the game of life. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? I'm yeah. like, my son's four, man. That's the real game. I got to play all day. I got to, yeah. when he wakes up, I got to figure out where he's at. And then I got to put him in bed at the end of the day. So that's, that's the game I play. But um, kind of tell me, I know you went into gaming. Um, yeah. You know, talked about that, right? You know, I'm excited to hear about that. Cause when I hit you up, I hadn't really no idea about it until I, you know, I started seeing you post like, oh, wait, okay, I think we're hitting on the right time. So kind of tell me about this whole gaming thing. Yeah, so I, um, I've worked in traditional sports a lot of my career, you know, right. I've worked at, on, so in public relations, basically, you're storytelling, you're, 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 you're kind of helping uh, produce key messages for, you know, whatever, whatever your client is, or whatever, you know, whatever organization you're a part of. So for instance, um, at an agency where I've worked a lot of my career, you know, we work with big brands and organizations that are trying to get themselves out there to the public. They're trying to tell creative stories in, in different ways. And a lot of that is through media, you know, whether it's paid or earned. So like, if you see something on the news, you know, whether you're reading, you know, Sports Illustrated or you're looking at Hypebeast Instagram, there's probably a PR that was behind that, right? Mm. And so I've done that, that kind of work for a long time uh, and worked traditional sports for, mm, I don't know, the last 10, 12 years. 
Um, and I've worked at agencies. I worked at the NBA for a while. I've worked with the Chargers, as I mentioned. I've worked with, you know, talent. So a lot of athletes over the years. Um, and then I did play a lot of games when I was growing up. Um, but I was more of a student of the business uh, behind it and watching kind of the culture behind it, especially in recent years, because there's a lot of nuance between um, traditional sports. So like the NBA, the NFL, you know, whatever, and esports and, okay. and competitive gaming. There's a lot in common. There's leagues, there's teams, there's athletes, there's partners, you know, so brand sponsors, basically. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's contract issues. There's, there's other issues. There's all kinds of stuff and it all interrelates um, and is very comparative. And so I was kind of fascinated by that. And when I was at the NBA, I had done some work in, in gaming. I had launched some, some like titles with Batman and, and with Warner Brothers and some other things. I had I'd done some, some launches over the years. When I was at the NBA, I helped launch the NBA 2K League, the, mm. the new competitive league based on you know 2K title. And that was pretty cool. And the level of excitement that came through there so I started paying real attention to the space at that point. And then fast forward several years later, uh, I was in LA and I had founded my own agency where I was specializing in sports and culture. So I was working with, you know, Ice Cube's big three. I was working with Under Armour. I was working with a handful of like artists. So muralists and contemporary artists and, you know, folks that were working with brands, just like unique, unique stuff. And um, uh, my wife came over um, because she was she was exiting a, a partnership that she had developed and we started building the business together you know right. we started building the business together and uh, we decided that I should probably go check out a full-time job so I did and one of the full-time jobs that I found was for this agency specializing in competitive gaming and esports and I was like this sounds kind of cool let me check this out right so I got the nod in uh, in February of last year so you're about to find the timetable is interesting. February of last year. Mm. And then I, I, I jumped into the role in April. And by that time, everybody was living at home, not going outside, not interact. So gaming exploded. Yeah, big time. So, so I basically had like, okay, let's fly the plane, you know, while let's build the plane while flying it kind of experience. Yeah, let's go, let's go, yeah. Gaming. yeah. And so the agency I'm at now, we... We do PR um, and count and you know communications council behind all the gaming culture. We work heavily in esports and competitive gaming, so we work with some of the biggest orgs out there, like Team Liquid. They've been around for 20 years. They have 100 plus athletes. They 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 play in 17 titles, um, but they also do other things like apparel. So they have partnerships with Marvel and Naruto and all kinds of stuff. Um, and then we partner with uh, Evil Geniuses is another legacy esports uh, organization. And then we work with, um, you know, leagues and tournament organizers like Riot Games, who I'm sure you've heard of, and they do League yeah. of Legends and they do Valorant. So we help support them. Um, and then we do some like peripheral brands that are in organizations that are doing more in the space. So we work with a gaming chair company or we work with a health and wellness company that's benefiting esports, you know, players health, like those kinds of things. And we we work with them to tell the stories um, and it continues to grow. Our agency is about three years old now. And today uh, they, they named me general manager of the North American office. So that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So cool. I didn't think I would ever have a GM title in my life and here I am, but, uh, but yeah, man, it's cool. It, it, it's the space is, is crazy. Um, 
you know, it's big business. Um, and, and the fanship behind it is, you know, just as, just as, uh, big and involved as you would think, like, you know, for the, for some of the European soccer leagues that are out there, there's, it's that fanatical. There's people that live and die by, by these, these, these orgs that they follow and the players themselves. I mean, you know, there's, there's talent that have millions of followers across all their social and That's Twitch. Crazy. And every time they go live, it's like, they get hundred thousand viewers. And I know, it's crazy, man. I, I know. And I believe you because, and I'm not saying I'm, I'm not anti-gamer. Okay. I just, I grew up like, just like you were playing Super Nintendo, all that stuff, you know, Sega Genesis yeah. and all that. I still have a Dreamcast in a box. I still have a <laughs> Sega Dreamcast. People don't even, kids, the kids don't even know what that is. When I tell them like, what is the Sega sure. Dreamcast? I'm like, dude, are you kidding they're me? Like, what's a, they're like, what's a cartridge though? They don't even know what that is. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. You know what I mean? We're yeah, blowing yeah, on the yeah, <laughs> yeah, we thought the best game ever, you know, was Space Jam. I mean, that's uh, NBA Jam, right? Which was it is the best, one of the best games ever. But yeah, so I'm not an anti gamer. I'm I'm totally a fan of it playing. I just never, you know, I think I got away from it and never really went back into buying the, you know, the stuff. But um, I do see the culture, man. I see the, you know, how Fortnite. And I know that's I don't know if you consider it a sport, but you know, Ninja. You were talking about, you know, a guy, right? Just playing and and he's doing this thing, and I, I was just like, I'm just so amazed too, as far as like. The culture behind it you know like because now when we were growing up our parents were like you can't play video games all day right you can't and it's like no you can like you know these kids can and they will and and you can do that for a living remember because that was the thing they used to tell us you can't do that for a living it's like yeah but now i can't tell a student that you know a 12 year old can do that for a living yeah it's crazy well i mean they, you know for team liquid for instance they signed this kid mitro and i think at the time he was 17 when he got brought on so it's just, it's equivalent to you know, someone signing a, a major league baseball yeah. player, yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. only, only he's going pro day one and he's competing <laughs> at the highest level and he's got, you know, millions of fans already. And, and he's got a couple championships under his belt before he becomes, you know, a legal adult. And, and, but, but and, and that's only part of this, the scene. I mean, there's, there's plenty of other talent that aren't competing too, right? They're, they're doing other things. They're, they're doing graphic design or they're actually building the game. So they're, they're programming and they're developing, um, you know, their branding, there's, there's so much in the space now that, you know, I think it's with any industry. And what I'm telling, you know, some of my students and, and mentees is, you know, sure, everyone wants to be the Jerry Maguire, everyone wants to be the agent, you know, or everyone wants to be, you know, the, the general manager at a team, but there's other things that you, or they want to be the quarterback, right? But there's other things that you can do to help with the industry to, right. to be a part of it. And there's plenty of things that aren't being done yet that you can create and you can develop on your own because you see the need or the white space or the opportunity. And you may be smarter than I am because, because you've lived and breathed this space that you know what's missing or you know what's not working. So right. you should be able to look at and try to figure out what you can do and bring to it. You know what I mean? Heck yeah. And, and now that you said that, it reminds me, I, I went to ARC after high school to play soccer. And I remember I was just so into like I wanted to go pro, right? It was like this, you know, it was a every 17 year old says that and i remember my godfather my father you know who was the counselor at uh, arc and he was like he talked to me he's like hey man there's so much you know you know you know you you know you could do more stuff out of soccer but be, be part of the game than actually play right and i'm like no i want right. to play he goes no man but there's the guy there's the guys that make money they're not playing and they're part of the game like you yeah know, you, you can do whatever there's a bunch of different things i kind of just ignored him a little bit and that's yeah but now i'm going back into that space and this is why technically why i started the podcast because i'm a huge soccer guy and i was like you know what First, I want to do a podcast that's not about soccer. I want to just get myself out there as a personal brand. And I'm talking to a PR guy right now, but I wanted to get myself out there as the guy. I'm the guy. Yeah. And then eventually like get that experience and get that practice and, and 
find a way to get into the soccer space and the media. You know, I've, I've been approached a couple of times already from different um, clubs in LA to kind of do their thing remotely. Um, yeah. So we'll see. You know, that's that's definitely what I want to go to and, and follow my passion. But like you said, you could be around the game and you don't have to be on the court. You know, you could be doing yeah. other things. And there's so many people. There's so You know, because you've been in these yeah. franchises, you've been working with these clubs and you know how many people has to, you know, have to work for that game to even start, you know? So yeah. there's a lot of work to do. Yeah, you don't you don't always think about that, but there's a lot of folks behind the scenes that that uh, you know that bring these things to life, you know. So yeah, for sure. Do you? Uh, I mean, have you been keeping up with anything Sacramento? You know, as far as like, I know you, I don't I don't know I know you're not a huge soccer guy, but you, the you Republic know, you kept up with the with soccer and you know how we haven't had our team yet. Have you have you seen that in the news? A little bit, yeah. It's funny. I uh, I mean, I'm really into trading cards. I mean, I've been throughout my life, but really into trading cards right now. Is I'm sure you've seen the okay Marcus gary v okay gary v right. and i was at a uh <laughs> i was at a show and uh this guy was it was pretty boisterous and like excitable and he was cool he was a cool dude and uh he was he told me some he, somehow sacramento came up and i was like oh i know all about sacramento and he's like you you what and he's like i just got a job with the soccer team out there and i was like what what are you doing and he's like i'm selling tickets <laughs> so then uh yeah we started to talk a That's little tight. bit about about the reality there yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, no, that's cool. So, you know, once you get these, you know, once you went into these, uh, and you, what, what would we say, what would you say the biggest difference is between the esports or the e games and, and, you know, like I know you said there's a lot of similarities, but what's the difference? You know, obviously, you know, you, you call them athletes, right? They're gamers, right? But they're athletes. I guess they are, right? They're, they're athletes. They're doing their thing. Um, they and they are, right? And I, and I have huge respect to that. I see them, they're on Twitch, they're doing the thing. You know, what are some differences that you see, though, that maybe that, uh, you know, they're different from when you were at the Chargers or you were helping out with the Clippers or whatever? Well, um, I think within the space, um, you know, esports is still pretty nascent. It's still pretty new. It's kind of kind of like in its infancy. I mean, it's been around for a long time, but in terms of the actual growth and, you know, where it's at, um, it's just starting to explode the last several years, last decade or so. Right. So it's still pretty it's still pretty new. Um, with that, you know, there's a there's a lot of stuff that's already established in traditional sports that is starting to happen in esports. I think a big piece of that is, you know, broadcast deal, for instance. You know, everything is is online, so you know they don't have like a big time. Um, mm -hmm. These leagues don't have like a big time unified partner per se. A lot of them partner with Twitch because it's just a it's a way you know to stream and uh, and that just makes sense. It's, it's more native, um, but like they're not they're. This summer, or last summer, I should say, there was some coverage on ESPN2, which I think was like a sign of the, of, of the future, a sign of things to come. I think that's a big piece that's still kind of missing. Um, the other piece that I think is, is still missing is, um, you know, there's, there's still a lot of outside, they call them non-endemic. Endemic means like in the space, like, you know, ingrained in the space. Non-endemic means peripheral outside. There's a, there's a lot of non-endemic brands that are just starting to warm up to the space and just starting to get into it, and they haven't quite figured it out yet. So that symmetry is not there 100%. So you see some, you know, some brands doing some things and kind of just fading out in a blaze of glory because they don't understand the space. Or there's other brands that could easily step in that haven't yet because they're kind of you know, reticent to do it because they, they don't quite get it yet or whatever it is. Um, I think those are two big pieces of it. But there are a ton of similarities. There are a ton. And not only that, there's a lot more convergence between traditional sports and right. esports. You've seen the traditional big time athletes competing in, you know, in events. Like you've seen them compete in like Madden tournaments. That's yes. esports. 
or you've yes. seen them streaming on Twitch. That's part of the ecosystem. Yes. Team Liquid um, actually signed Ariel Powers, who plays for the Minnesota Lynx. She's in the WNBA. She's the first WNBA player to sign on as a talent for an esports org. She's a streamer and an ambassador, and she's actually helping lead their diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts and their task force there. Like, so that's starting to happen more and more. The other part of it is you're seeing a lot of ownership. You know, you're seeing, for instance, we work with a, a group that has Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan as investors. They also have Peter Guber. You know, you've heard the name. He owns the Warrior. He's a part owner of the Warriors and the Dodgers and LAFC um, and Ted Leonsis, who owns Monumental. So like the Washington teams out there. Um, that's happening a lot more because of the symmetry between the spaces. And it's like the understanding of competition and, you know, the prep before game, you know, the analysis after game that these, these athletes and these coaches all undergo, it's so close and, and, and you know, similar. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think we're going to see more convergence as we are going to see, you know, more separation in these spaces. Um, and why not? And also we may see more complementary items like, you know, maybe you, you gamify traditional sports a little bit differently whether it's with AR. So like you're going to go to a sack, you know, soccer game and all of a sudden you're playing a game while you're watching the game or you're interacting with the game a little bit different. Like that's right. all kind of a component of esports and gaming in some respect, you know, right. and you, I think we'll see more and more of that. So I, de I definitely agree. We are going to see more and more of it. We saw, you know, like you said, the pandemic was kind of, I mean, it's, it's not a good thing. Definitely not. It, it was worse. It was terrible, but it, that's where gaming was kind of like, it was going right. And all you see these athletes, yeah. They started their or celebrities yeah. started their Twitches, and I didn't even know what Twitch was. Um, and then I, I, I just jumped on there one time, and I was like, "Wow, this is pretty cool," you know. And eventually, I want to find my way there somehow to the streaming way that way. But I really liked how you know these allergies are going on there, and you're like, because you know a lot of my buddies are into Call of Duty, and I'm like, dude, I'm not. That's one thing I'm not like. I don't even know how to do. I, I'm not good, right? I suck. Right? I'm terrible. <laughs> I'm not I, good either. I don't, like I don't like losing. I don't like losing, right, Mike? So yeah. if it's like. Like, for example, golf, right? I suck at golf. And until I learn, I'm not going to go out there, you know? So I'm yeah. not good at losing. So I'm just one of those guys that I'm not going to compete. You know, even poker. I'm not playing poker until, I, you know, I'm not doing it. So I hate losing. So that's the same thing with video games. Like, man, I'm not going to play. I suck. You know, so, uh, <laughs> you know, it's the same thing with that. But I know a lot of students, you know, they talk about it at, at school, you know, the different video games they play. And it's so crazy. My, they're even going to have, you know, I wanted to kind of piggyback what you were talking about, how it's, it's still going to grow. And there's still so many things going with it. You know, the CIF just approved last year before the, you know, CIF is the, you know, the sport. They approved the, you know, e-gaming, dude, for the state. Yeah. So, like, yeah. high schools are going to have gaming teams. And I, at first, I sat there like, oh, dude, this is the end of it, right? Like, this is the end of the world, right? Like, I cannot believe we're going to let kids play video games. But as I kind of grew onto it, I was like, wow, you know, we're going to allow kids that won't make the baseball team or they won't make the football team, right? And they're going to be allowed to compete, you know, and, and compete with their school and, and represent sure. their school and be part of a team and, and not just that, but be part of a whole new wave of things that's not going away. And I know yeah. they approved like five games and the kids were, the only thing they were freaking out about was like, oh, we can't play the games we want. And it's like, okay, we're definitely not going to have Call of Duty at school, bro. Like we're not doing Call of right, Duty. Right, 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 you right, know, right. It, it was like Rocket League and a bunch of, you know, it was more, you know, general games that kids, you know, could play. Uh, kids safe, you know, we would say. Um, yeah. And at first, like I said, I was totally like, oh my gosh, right? But then I, now that I, the pandemic stopped it from even happening because, you know, we went home and, and it didn't yeah. happen. But so I'm hoping that this next school year, we yeah. get that going and the kids get jerseys, man. They get going. I think it's awesome, man. I think, yeah. I think you learned so much from that kind of experience in terms of 
you know, discipline and camaraderie, um, dedication. So, you know, how does hard work contribute to, you know, where I want to go in life, all of those things. Um, but like you said, I, I think what you said was, was really, was really astute and profound in the sense that like the, the, the school spirit showing up and representing something like there's something to that, you know, you stand, you stand together with someone else, you stand for something, there's something to that. You got it from soccer. I got it from, you know, football and other sports too. Like, uh, so I, I think that, I think there's a lot of value there. There, there is, there are a lot of colleges that have, that have, um, you know, uh, competitive teams and clubs as well like clubs and actually recognize sports as well and there's scholarships behind them and everything it's it, it's a big deal uh and then there's amateur circuits too that are outside of college so like folks coming up so how do you harvest that talent where are you finding it from and that's a big focus in the space right now as well um which i guess is one of the differentiators between traditional sports and and esports is that 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 space is still growing and figuring itself out like the farm clubs or, you know, the, the talent, uh, the scouting events and the combines and things like that. Those continue they to have combines. Up. They do. Yeah. They continue. They're called like scouting grounds or something, you know, they have all kinds of different names. Um, they're, they're really starting to show up more and more and more. And I think that's a space that there's a lot of growth still. Um, wherein, you know, you, you have baseball, for instance, you've had the minor leagues for forever now. Um, and you even have the, the college system set up, but, that's a, that's a space where I think you should, you should continue to watch too, because I think it's going to be kind of its own business and ecosystem as well, um, which is really exciting, you know, because even if you don't make it to the pro level, you were at, you know, tip top competition still, and you were learning things about yourself and the game and potentially finding other ways to continue to participate in it. Like we were saying earlier, you know, maybe you become a coach or maybe you become a scout or maybe you become, yeah. you know, you know, part of a, a partner, um, like for instance, there's this technology that actually analyzes your your kind of like your eye, your hand-eye reaction and coordination, coordination by monitoring, yeah. you know, your eyes and the movements and the rapidity and like the way that you click and the click rate and the responsiveness. And now they're moving toward you'd be really good at this position in this game, or you'd be really good on this team. Wow. Much cool. like traditional sports. And right, money. right. You're fast, you're over here, right? You're big, yes, you're over exactly. here. Exactly. Yeah. Which is crazy, but that's where it's headed, man. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, the, and it's like, it's almost like the same thing with the social media or the phones, like, or like technology, because, you know, you hear it like, oh, I don't want my kid on there. It's like, well, yeah. they have to be on there for a little bit at least because the world's not, that's not going away, you know? And yeah. I'm a big fan of Gary Vee, and he talks about people always complain, like, well, I have this business, but I don't know how to run Facebook. And it's like, listen to me, like, you need to take time and learn Facebook, right? Or you need to take time and learn Instagram. Like, you have to do it because that's not going away, you know? And yeah. and we saw what happened with the pandemic, the, the companies and the businesses that were able to adapt quickly to this digital world, they're mm -hmm. still going and they're on, they're still, they're, they're doing okay. You know, they were able to change their menus to QR codes, right? They were able yeah. to do, yeah, they're able to, you know, DoorDash is blowing up, you know, I'm, Instacart, all these big companies are just ready to go. And it, it wasn't like they knew the pandemic was coming, but that's just the wave of how technology is going. And you got to be with it, you know? So yeah. I think as a parent, you know, I see my son and he, he messes around with the, with the tablet, right? And so sometimes, you know, at home or my parents would be like, oh, I don't, you know, he shouldn't be on there. I'm like, well, first of all, he's playing a game, you know? So he's learning like these little math yeah. things or whatever, little PBS games. I'm like, how's that any worse than watching like, you know, a movie when the movie's nothing's going on, he's just watching it, you know? So at right. the same time, at like, least he's engaged and there's yeah, some learning both ways, you know, there's yeah, some yeah, learning yeah. both ways. And I was like, yeah. 
you know, so it's like, and, and if you notice, like, you know, the tension spans are different. People, I don't know about you, but I lost my attention span over this last year, man. I can't, I can't watch a movie, man. I can't, I can't watch a movie. So it's quick, you know? I'm just so busy that if I could squeeze in a movie, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm like, you know, tuned in. I'm not going to, I'm not going to relinquish that time. Like, I'm like, yeah, I'm here, man. You know? <laughs> yeah. So how did that kind of, how did that affect you? I know you said it was kind of a perfect storm that you were, um, you know, got a new position and then you were at home and, and obviously your position required you to, you know, it's a digital space anyways. How did that, you know, what'd you do over this past year, man? How did you deal with that? How did I deal with that personally? Yeah. How did you deal with it personally and professionally? Well, I surely learned a lot about uh, the inner relations of a marriage. You know what I mean? We were basically on top of each other the entire time. <laughs> yeah, this is, yeah, it was a make or break for sure for you. Yeah. Yeah. But you made it. It though. was. And you know what? I think, I think, yeah, I think it was uh, um, kind of a catch 22 you know, you, you definitely, if you're, if you were sitting in a good place or there were real good roots or foundation behind your relationship that survived and it, and it, it probably, it probably leveled up, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, where, and if it wasn't there, you probably can find out and had to figure out a way to, you know, to kind of, you know, um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think setting a schedule was really important and making sure that I was living as if I was still, you know, in a similar routine before we were in quarantine. I think the hardest part for me was I'm a very social person. You said you were following me on social media. By the way, we all know that social media in some respect is a facade to how easy and fun life is because there's a lot of stuff that we put there that's like, this is glamorous. It's a success. I heard it, uh, DJ Oasis, uh, you know, he went to high school with us too, but I just had him uh, yesterday. And it's just, he, he calls it a scoreboard, right? He calls it, uh, yeah. I, I don't know, the first time I ever heard that, I always say bulletin board. That's cool. Like this one right here, but he says scoreboard because you only put your wins. And I like that. That was dope. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. But, you know, so, so I'm a real social person as is Pilar and my wife. And, you know, we we're always doing something. So, you know, like I was telling you, whether it's teaching or I still work part-time with the Chargers. So seasonally I do stuff with them. Um, but I also, you know, go on a lot of trips and, you know, go to shows and try to like, just be really involved in stuff and I'm constantly traveling and XYZ. And like, I had friends who have kids and like real demanding jobs and their lives are just, you know, very, very challenging and rewarding, but challenging. And they were checking in on me. Yo man, how are you doing? And I'm like, what me? Like, how are you like handling all of this with the kids and everything? And they're like, no, cause I know how much it's impacting like your day to day and what you're used to doing. And I didn't really think about it that way, but it did make sense. And I missed some of that stuff. I certainly did. Um, but I also adapted. And there were other ways to connect and interact and socialize. Um, and I just tried to make best of that. You know, I really did. Uh, and I tried, to, I tried to be good with my time. And when I was down, I was down. And I recognized that. And I tried to figure out, okay, this is a low. This is not fun. It's due greatly in part to what's going on here and the impact that it's having on me, myself, others. So how do I be in that moment, figure out, you know, it's okay to be in that moment and then potentially move forward. How do I get out of that? And I did that through, like I said, routine, um, taking care of myself, you know, cause I think, you know, we also work really hard. That's why we have so much fun. That's why we do all these things. So we also work really hard taking timeouts for myself and taking, you know, time to work out or make sure I cook a good meal or walk the dog, you know, those kinds of things. And, and that helped. And I think, um, I think selfishly and, you know, a little bit of survivor's guilt, 
this past year for my wife and I was, 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 was one of our best years in like the last 10 to 15 in terms of all the things we were able to do and accomplish and, and be involved yeah. with candidly, which is crazy to think about, you know, but yeah. yeah. No, no, I, 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 I totally agree with you. I think uh, I'm kind of in the same boat. I think, uh, you know, I'm just a couple years younger than you, but it definitely was, you know, it, it's selfish to say, you know, but I think we had a great, great time, especially, you know, like I said, I was, I was lucky enough to have my family and we were able to yeah. get through this and man, I mean, I couldn't complain too much, right? I had a house, I had my family, we had health and it's like, I did feel bad for the ones that didn't have that, you know, they were, you yeah, know, for sure. definitely as a teacher, you know, I'm thinking about my students and the ones that had to be in a rough situation the whole year where maybe, you know, school was a better situation than where they live at. So, you know, things like that was like, it was rough, man. And, and dealing with zoom and like having this, they're like this zoom yeah. trauma, man, like being on zoom and, yeah, no, and, and, yeah. and my neck and, you know, <laughs> and, by, and by the way, I think that there's some reality to the transition back. Right. So now the door is open for the most part, like we're still recovering and there's still a lot of work to be done, but the door is open in many respects. Like we're, we're not equipped to that for that kind of rebound. We, we haven't really experienced that kind of thing. A lot of us anyway, uh, in this generation. And so I am being mindful of that with myself and with others around me, like, Hey, like remember that it's okay to not be okay or take your time on things like, because it's going to be, you know, it's going to, it's going to be impactful and affecting too. going back to things full time and going back to the way things were all of a sudden, like it's going to, it's going to change the mental dynamic and the emotional dynamic. So that's, that's a place for us to really, like I said, be mindful of and supportive around as well. So. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, they, especially at work, they asked us, what, what did you, you know, as teachers, what's working what do, they, what do we want to take from this, right? What do we want to take from this to the next step, you know, for next year? Like, what can we learn from this pandemic? And yeah, I think the biggest thing I wrote in a little survey, I, was, I, know I don't know if they're going to read it or not, but I wrote, you know, I think at least the world will respect people who are sick. Like you said, it's okay not to be like, for example, when you and I growing up, I was like, oh, you go to school, man, sick or not, sick or not. Yeah, and I think, for sure. I think I'm hoping that companies and, and businesses and big corporations are able to be like, oh, you're sick. It's cool, man. Stay home. Here's, you know, you got a computer, right? Log in and finish your work today. You know, like yeah, some yeah. some kind of flexibility where it's like you get three days a year to do that or something, you know, something like that. I don't know. And I, and I hope because I think I think due to the circumstances that we were in, I hope that we also pay attention to some of the other plights and difficulties that we were dealing with as a culture and a society. You know what I mean? I know you know what I mean. And um, I hope that that this time, you know, at least started the process of us being a little more humanized and on the same page as each other. So you mentioned, you know, you're sick. I know what that's like. I know what it's like to have to be at home and not have everything I need and like be in an awkward position because I'm working in the kitchen area. Like, I hate that too, but you do what you have to do. Like, but that's only part of it. And so um, I really, I, I agree with you. And I hope that that that's only part of it though. I hope that the time that we spent kind of living in the same, same, like same space of unfortunate and misfortune hopefully it brought us together a little bit more and i don't know i i we're we're still dealing with a lot but but hopefully you know yeah and, and, and definitely said a lot of things were going on um yeah. we also you know I, I know you know like you know students were sent home and and just it was it was amazing to me how many students didn't have internet man and i was yeah. like yeah. What? You know, and like you hear yeah. it and you're like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I get it. But yeah. 
I, you know, until you're like there, you're like, oh crap, you know, like, wait a minute, yeah. you don't? And yeah. so then you start seeing, okay, yeah, we, you know, the school was able to provide it later on, but I talked about it with a buddy of mine. It's like, um, well, this student didn't have a computer before and other students already had office space and they had a gaming yeah. chair and they had LED lights and they had headset, right? They're ready to roll, you know, they have a bunch yeah. of stuff. And yeah. other kid is like, they're using the school provided um, computer and, you know, it's, it's not the same. It's not the yeah. same thing, you know? And, and it's like, wow, you know, they're, we're just not, and it's hard to get that to that equal point, but we are just definitely, it's very, even, you know, you know, the neighborhood where I'm at, where we grew up, you know, people are all over the place as far as yeah, you know, what sure, they have sure. and what they don't have, you know? And that's for why sure. I like where I live. That's why I love where I live because of that. Um, yeah. But it's definitely, you know, you saw that. It is really, this really just put the, 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 you know, the lights on that, like, Hey, yeah, this kid has this and this kid has a lot, you know, so, whoa. and you, and you may have been exposed or mindful of that already, but there's others that definitely weren't. And hopefully that, that gave them a little bit more insight into, you know, how the other side of things are, you know, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. I, I hope that like, I, I go back and I, I called it survivor's guilt because we, we did so well within the year, yes you know, professionally and personally. And there's a lot of things that we've, we started to build um ind individually and together my wife and i during this time but all the while we were paying very careful and close attention to to those things like you mentioned the folks that were struggling and then the things that that weren't going very well for others or folks that were sick or you know they were they were dealing with death and dying because of this um and, and even like i was alluding to earlier with the, with the cultural um dissonance and issues within the greater community we were very much paying attention to what was going on and trying to do our best to be good citizens uh, and help out wherever we could. We know we know and we recognize there's more that, that can be done and that we can do more, but I think that we as people evolved a ton and I hope that others did as well and continue to look to do that, you know, so. Yeah, no, no, big time. I, I mean, yeah, no, I, I think uh, we could do more. We could definitely, you know, uh, learn from this. It, it, this has to be a learning, this has to be, yeah. One of two has two things, you know, to me, it had to be a learning experience for everyone. You had, we had to learn from it. And number two, like you definitely like, you saw the memes going around. Like if, you know, I'd be like, oh, if I had time and I'd get in shape, if I had time, I would have started. Yeah. This business. Yeah. Like, if yeah. you didn't do it this time, you weren't going to do it, man. Like you had a whole year to get this stuff done, man. You got to get started. But I think we were also just like kind of <laughs> under, you know, some emotional duress and just trying to figure it all out too. So if anything, maybe it'll motivate you now that you're coming out of it and you're like, oh my gosh, I have more flexibility now, or right. I, I can actually be out there. Maybe it'll inspire you to kind of dig in a little bit too. So hopefully. Yeah, no, no, no. yeah, for sure. And that's how I got into the podcasting. You know, I was like sitting around, it was, uh, you know, I had my summer off and that's why, you know, that's not one of the reasons I'm a teacher, but it definitely it's on the list. And, you know, <laughs> I had the summer off, we couldn't do nothing. You know, you know, we're, we're in California, you know, it's like, man, we can't do anything. Yeah. So um, it was just every single day, the same thing. And I was like, man, what if I, you know, and I'm, 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 I'm a creator, man. I kind of want to talk to you about the creative space, but I'm a creator. Like I, I don't, I'm not a content creator. I don't want to call myself that because everybody's doing that. And I don't like that. Yeah. I, I like to just be different, but I definitely have always drawn or, or I've DJed. I've always like done things, you know, I've always had to be doing things and I, and I'm, I've always been bad at like not just joining someone i've always wanted to do it myself and I, it's yeah. just something i have inside me like oh, i'll just do it myself i don't want to join that or whatever and so you know I, I was listening to podcasts and doing different things and i was like man i think i could just start one you know and yeah. i literally just said i think i was just start one i started one in my bedroom i had my cell phone and i got the app and i just started talking to it 
And then I was like, all right, man, I can't do that. I gotta do something. I gotta, I gotta pick yeah, it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but I started, you know, I got the microphone. And you got some glow up. I mean, you got a light. You got a, a nice mic fix. I mean, look at me. I'm all fuzzy and stuff because the lighting yeah. is off. But you know, <laughs> but you look right. good though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you still look good. But I was just like, you know what? Like, you know, let's see where this podcast thing takes me. But I, I've always been that kind of person, just to create, 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 right? So. To me, it was a great time to be able to do that and just kind of create stuff. You know, I, I do my own yeah. little design, my own graphic design. I do my own cuts, you know, my own edits, you know. So that's it's awesome, something man. I like to do, you know. You yeah. know, I don't know. Yeah, um, the little animated version, Alex, that's is pretty dope. I like that a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's a shout out to my buddy, actually. He did that for me, a co-worker of mine, because he's an yeah. art teacher. And I said, hey, man, can you do this? And so he does it, you know, and I'm trying to... It's like, it's this network thing that I want to do with this. Like I'm getting, like my yeah. buddy made the music for me and I got other yeah. people just like, you know, just trying to like let everyone kind of get, a, you know, get awesome. part of this team. It's a team, yeah. you know? That's awesome. You know, it's a little e-gaming team, but you know, kind of tell me about that. You know, I know you said you were really good at, uh, your teachers even, you know, recognize that you're really good at writing. You're really good at yeah. expressing yourself. Um, where did you get that confidence first? Tell me that. Where did you get that confidence to do that? Because I think that's what, that's the biggest thing. It takes people confidence to kind of speak out and be that person. Where did you get that, man? Confidence for writing? Confidence or... just to express yourself, you know, because obviously oh, when you're general. writing, you're expressing yourself. So how did you, you know? Um, I don't know. I think, you know, both my parents are pretty boisterous. They're kind of out there. You know, they, <laughs> they, they love to they love to be the life of the party. Okay. Um, but I, Are you only child, Mike? Are you only child? Uh, I have a half brother. Okay. We didn't okay. really grow up together, but okay. we, you know, we now in our adulthood, you know, we, we hang out all the time. He's, okay. he's a close friend of mine, even um so that that was a part of it also you know i had a, a split household i would spend time at dads and moms you know um so i was it was kind of interesting because i was almost in real time learning two different lives um and because of that i think this actually contributed to some of the confidence i had to figure out who i was and how to communicate that in a way that made sense for me because i had a kind of identity crisis you know in any given day you know, I, I wasn't Mexican enough or I wasn't I wasn't white enough. Um, and there were things that I did well that people acknowledged me because I was white. I was able to do it. And there were things that I, you know, wasn't doing well or if I got in trouble, unfortunately, people would look at me as Mexican. Um, mm. And that I think with that, I realized I had to figure out my own truth and who I was. And I wasn't one or the other. I was both and I was me. And so that kind of led me to being a little bit more creative and having that that more um you know internal resonance and recognizing um who i was so i did things like write poetry and i did things like write songs and you know i did things like write short stories and i think that that was early before it was for an assignment it was just like things i like to do i was just a kid that liked to do that kind of stuff yeah. and when i went into you know college um I, I took a couple creative writing classes and one of my teachers early on was like, you're really good at this. And that's what I was sharing with you earlier. You need to look at, you know, a career where either you're going to become a writer or you're going to write, you know, constructively, but in a way that makes people listen to you. And that's why she asked, have you heard about, and we did not have that at our school. We had communications, but we didn't have PR. It was more like, you know, general, um, like general education on what communications were. It wasn't specialized as to going to PR. And so I kind of learned that all on the fly. Um, but it seemed to all work out at the end of the day. And cool. even though I'm at a point where, you know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of team development and leading and client development and relationships uh, kind of work, I'm still doing writing every day. Uh, and I really enjoy it. 
you know, sometimes it's kind of hard because it's like, oh, that's an area I'm not a specialist in. Now I got to familiarize myself with it or make it sound cool, even though it's not. Um, but I still enjoy it. I really do like writing a lot. And I'm still able to express myself within even my work, you know, and everything else too, you know, social and, and you know, everything, oh, yeah, yeah. everything that we do. No, and it's something I say. Scoreboards. Yeah, the scoreboard, <laughs> social media scoreboard. No, and I, I the reason I ask is as a teacher right now, I see students that are, they, I think the biggest thing, especially Spanish, right? You're learning a new language. You know, it's the confidence. And my whole job is literally, I'm just trying to coach them up. Hey, you got this, right? What's the word? Come on. Yeah. We do this. So that's literally my whole job because I'm just like, hey, come on, come on, come on. And a lot of them are like, I'm not answering this question. I'm not going to sound like a dummy, you know? And so I get that. And I said, I understand that. I I can't relate to it. I told them, I don't have that experience. I said, I, you know, right. I grew up speaking Spanish. I went to school, had to learn English in school, but I was so little. I don't remember not knowing what was going on, you know? So I never, I never had to learn a new language like that. I said, I never learned by someone writing down on paper. You know, obviously English I did, yeah. but I was just, everyone else did that. So I, I said, I get it. I know where you're at. Um, so I guess I was just asking, you know, the confidence issue because I'm like, hey, my whole job is to get these, because I teach Spanish one, I teach the lower levels. So I'm just like, hey, you know, you can do this. You know, it's, and I told them, if you say it wrong, nothing happens, right? The rest of the kids are, are it's okay. They're going to say it wrong too. They're all, everyone's going to say stuff wrong. You know, it's okay. And I think that's the biggest thing when you talk about, I, I like you, you touched that cultural thing. It's like, you know, a lot of students don't want to learn the language or don't want to learn a second one, or sometimes don't want to learn English because yeah. of that one little situation. Like you said, your mom dealt with that, you know, saying the word the wrong way, you know, you know, wanted to be a t-shirt. And so instead of being a teacher, you know, she was working hard to like fit in yeah. and say what she wanted to say. And so people laughing, even one little laugh, that could end it right there. You know, like, yeah. I'm not talking no more, you know? So yeah. that's why I asked about the confidence thing. That's all. Yeah, I think I think the thing is like when when you're trying something new, if you're able to find some kind of sense of comfort in it, something that you're familiar with, and you can you know somehow bridge the gap or you know kind of level the playing field somehow some way, that's that's one thing that I'm that I try to do when I teach is is kind of share you know kind of dig into the students' interests and figure out all right, well what what do you like to do? What 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 is of interest to you? What you know, what brands are you buying or what are you watching or, you know, who are you following? And then try to turn that into an opportunity to teach around that. So have you ever thought about, you know, telling a story for, you know, Fenty or whatever it is? Like, have you ever, you know, have you ever thought about what goes into, you know, a campaign for something that Apple's doing? Like, have you done that? No. Well, I encourage you to look at that or I encourage you to think about that because you could easily do it. Mm -hmm. I can. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Someone has to do it. Why not you? Mm -hmm. And and that seems to really help because, you know, there's probably the, the innate interest already there. And it's just helping to discover, you know, that, that, that with that, there's a lot of empowerment. Once you know yourself, like I was sharing earlier, and you find that interest, you can do a lot with that alone, you know? So, yeah. No, yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I don't want to take too much of your time. I just want to, a couple more questions, but I know going into like what you do as a PR, right? You, you know, when I think, and I kind of want you to touch that a little bit. I know you touched it as far as what you do with the gaming and what you're doing with the agency. Um, yeah. But when I see PR, this is what I think. And I want you to kind of tell me what you actually do. Because, uh, you yeah. know, when I see PR, all I ever hear is, you know, oh, you know, the PR person's going to respond. So I always feel like it on the defense. You know, I always see like PRs yeah. on the defense. Um, can you kind of go into a little bit about, what your what what your, what the day would look like when you were working or when you do the PR stuff? I know maybe right now you're maybe on the team, like you say, the team building. You're more like on the 
upper group of oh, I'm still I'm still getting my hands dirty every okay. day. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, you kind of want to talk sure. about that cuz explain a little bit what you what you know the PR career would look like. Yeah, again, it's it's a lot about um communicating messaging to whatever your audience is. So for instance, if we're if we're looking at one of the teams, the organizations, um you know, they're probably trying to communicate to fans. They're probably trying to communicate to you know, brand partners that they want to help, you know, uh, drive forward a piece of business. So how do you, how do you get this kind of thing going? Um, and, and general public, because they, they also want to, you know, be attractive to new fans or prospective fans, just for instance. So we work with them to tell stories and we do it via, you know, earned media. So we do it via, you know, some of the bigger esports media outlets. We do it through, some of the bigger tech outlets. So you talk about like The Verge or Gizmodo or Engadget or, you know, you've probably seen and, and read some of these in the past. We do it through social media. So helping them devise a social media strategy um, and, you know, using their own tools to communicate a certain way. Um, we do it through digital channels. So do they want to use their website or are they creating content via video to like tell a story? Are they creating videos and, and how do they thread the narrative through that? And all of this should all come together to really tell a comprehensive story around something, whether it be their brand, like their ethos, who they are and what they stand for, or a campaign that they're launching. So, you know, are they going to, going to, going to partner up with, um, you know, a community uh, nonprofit or something. And so how do they tell that story? Did they sign a new athlete? So how do we tell that story? And it's all about communicating these, these key messages around these respective activities um, to those, those publics that they're, that they're, that they're really interested in, in getting in front of. Um, and so our day-to-day -day is, is helping consult on developing that messaging um, and creating ways to tell to tell that story and, and you know in, uni in unique ways um, and so certainly there are a lot of opportunities to be reactive especially in crisis situations because there's always going to be a crisis no matter who you are something's going to come up at one point or another right um, but there's also opportunities to to be proactive with your storytelling as I, as I shared and there's opportunities to be proactive with some of the crisis situations too and get ahead of them so anticipating what what that narrative could be when something happens i call it i'm a curse oh shit moment because it happens to everyone so how do we get ahead of that moment and how do we set ourselves up for success and then once the moment happens how do we get ourselves out of that moment um so there's there is a lot of that but i do think people you know there's there's kind of long-term understanding of like spin doctors you know, there's a term like spinning a situation. And there's still some of that. There's still people that do that in the profession, but real good PRs will will set the stage for for a situation uh, and be prepared for pretty much anything that could come that could come up. Yeah. So uh okay, as a podcaster, man, we, we, we you know, you <laughs> you ready for some free advice though? Because you know, as a right now that I'm in the podcast space, right? Um, I kind of feel like it's the new blog, you know, people are writing, uh, you know, people used to do blogs, right? Oh, they still do blogs. People are writing yeah. these things, but you know, it's kind of like when you're in a space right now, you're in the e-gaming space and you're in there. So you think everyone's doing it, but it's not, it's just because you're in that space, you know, it's kind of like yeah. being like, everyone's podcasting, man. It's like, no, it's not right. It's just people yeah. that yeah. I'm always yeah. following podcasters. So, you know, I guess, um, how do you see that wave going, man? Are you also, are you guys, you know, using this, you know, cause I guess, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to formulate my question here, but you know, I, as a podcaster, right, I want to grow, right, Mike? So, um, yeah. but I want to grow as a personal brand. So it's like, 
I'm not tied to just my podcast. It's more like I want someone to call me like, hey, sure. Alejandro, we need you, you know, come and do yeah. this, you know. I don't know. Any advice you have for me as far as well, I think from a podcasting perspective? And by the way, I all, I often work with podcasters like I reach out to them and say, hey, have you heard about this? Let me tell you more. And mm. would love to have someone on your podcast. Oh, OK, so you, you, you tie that so I work I work with the producers and the talent and, and podcasting, much like I do radio or TV. Right. I'll pitch. I have this new in, in sports athlete, an esports athlete or, you know, executive or whatever it is that wants to come on and talk about, you know, this experience or this product or this campaign or whatever it is mm -hmm. like. Let them come on, tell you more about what they're doing, and you can ask them about all these different things, you know. And that, so, podcasting is is a new media avenue that we've been like working with the last couple of years, um, and it's awesome because there's a little more flexibility. Like you can allow them to kind of open up some more. It's not it's not usually as condensed, you know, as in terms of like a TV segment that might be thirty seconds or a couple minutes. You could do a full episode like you and I are doing. You yeah. know, and I didn't pitch you, by the way, we, you came to me and then we, you know, we said, <laughs> no, Hey, I reached, Hey, I reached out, man. I just, I just threw it. You, you took, you brought it in. Like, yes, let's go. I, I think, I think one way for you to pitch the podcast, by the way, is to, you know, continue to really hone in on what your message is. What is the key offering that you're presenting to your audience that other podcasts aren't once you figure that out, you need to, to formulate a, like a, a mini campaign on getting that message out further. So is it, you know, taking clips of some of your, your best episodes and sound bites and pitching them to other media, you know, folks that are covering the streaming space or the podcast space or education space, if your focus is going to be, you know, on education throughout uh, and saying, Hey, you know, this is something I think you should check out. Would love to chat about it further. And then maybe they do a, a profile on you. Maybe they bring you into their podcast. Right. There's a lot of like cross promotional opportunity. I okay. often encourage the media that I work with that are starting podcasts. And they ask me, they ask me that, how do you think I should pitch this? Or how do I put PR behind this? It's like, well, one way to do it is you, you lean on each other's strengths. So that's why you'll often see a sports pundit. So like a, you know, some kind of commentator um, or an analyst or a writer or whatever on these stations and vice versa, because they, they, they glean from each other's audiences. It's not, not only are they the expert, not only are they close to the Cleveland Cavaliers, but they have that following and then they can kind of, you know, cross promote it. So it's just like what we do. Out. It's like when we collab, like we, we like YouTubers exactly. are collabing and, it's and, a collaboration. And, okay. Yeah. yeah. And I've been featured on two different podcasts. So I guess, you know, I'm going, you I'm go. going that route. Yeah. And you should probably think about, returning the favor as much as right. you can, or if it makes sense. And then, and then you build up the network and you kind of help, you know, cross pollinate audiences. Um, and then I think for yourself, generally, it's finding other avenues where you can introduce your podcast just besides, you know, putting it on the typical uh, channels where people can go catch it, which I'm sure you'll plug at some point, um, or putting it on social, but also getting out there. So like, are you going to go speak at a community event? Are you going to go speak at a podcasting event? Are you going to, um, you know, do, I don't know, an instructional video that you put up and try to make yourself an expert in the space? Mm. Um, you know, there's, there's other ways to do it. Um, or, you know, and, and by the way, these events don't have to be specific to podcasts. They can be like, like you said, specific to education or maybe specific to your cultural experience. So there's, you know, um, you know, an event or, or a series or whatever that caters to young Hispanics and their experiences and how, and how they, they grow up and, and how they can, how they can leverage their, their community to do X, Y, Z.
or whatever it is. Or maybe it's, you know, uh, a sports platform that talks about career pivots because you wanted to be a pro and now you're doing this, but you're still fulfilled and you're killing it. Right. Like there, and, and as you're doing that, you're introducing yourself more and more and you're showing yourself as an expert, you know, in a space that you're already talking about on the podcast. And then because of that, you can point back to the podcast for more. Or if you want right. to learn more about me or my yeah. guests or other things we're talking about, check this out. Right. You know what I mean? So right. there's a lot, there's a lot that you can be, that can be done yeah, and I, I charge. That. So next time, you know, we want to put together a plan. We could do that together, but you know, you're gonna have to, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, that's why, that's why I was like, I'll interview him and then I'll just shoot a little, you know, free question in there and he'll just yeah. do it for me. <laughs> yeah. You're like, you're like, I'll get him on the fuzzy camera. I'm sorry, man. My lighting is terrible, but, uh, but, <laughs> and then, and then we'll see, and then we'll see, we'll see what I can get from him in terms of promo. I got, I got you. I got you. <laughs> I got a free console, you know what I mean? On, online on the air. So yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. Well, I, I appreciate your time, man. I appreciate you. Uh, it, it's like those things, you know, where, you know, we're, 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 not, we're not the best of friends, but it's like one of those things like, like it just, we just press pause and I see you 20 years later and we'll talk, you know, it's pretty cool that yeah. I've had that feeling before with other people. I'm like, you know, I, I was able to meet up with some elementary buddies a long time ago, like two years ago. And it just felt like, dang, dude, last time we saw you it was sixth grade, but it's like, what's up, man? And we're 30. Yeah. And it was like, it feel like it was the same. I don't know. It just felt like we press pause and I'll there, see you later. There, there's there's reasons why you're attracted to certain people and why you interact really well with certain people. There's energies. There's you know. There's all kinds of science behind this stuff. But sometimes good people just beget good people, man. And like you just enjoy the presence of other folks that live energy and you know exude energy in a certain way. And I feel like you're one of those people. I've always felt that. You know, you, you were. I, not to not to be in, insulting but you were you were a kid when i was a kid but like oh, yeah. i looked at you as a kid because you were younger and yeah. i was like this kid there's some there's something with this kid like like he's he's got some shine to him you know what i mean and so I, i'm really i'm really glad and proud to hear about all you've been able to do and that you've you've really taken advantage of of living a good life man and that's cool that's really cool oh, so, I, well those are very very kind words of you man i appreciate you and let the people know where they can find you, man, before we close this up. And I'll let them know where they can find me, of course. Yeah, they can find me on Twitter, um, at M as in mother, Chavez Booth. That's my last name, M Chavez Booth. Um, you can check out more about the agency I'm at, thestorymob.com, and the Story Mob pretty much on all socials. Uh, I'm also on Instagram, at MCB, but I'm sure you'll tag me so they can- Of course, I'm going to tag everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm going to tag everything, and I appreciate Like I said, uh, you know- I hope we can reconnect in some way and, and, and stay in touch. Like we have, this is the power of social media, you know, like, yeah. okay, he's there, he's there. And, and, you know, I'm going to get different people on here and I, and I appreciate you just giving me that time and, and that space and, and being able to just, you know, talk old school stuff, man. Cause you know, it's, it's always sure. cool to do that too. Yeah. Yeah. The next one we'll do it in person, you know? And that's, that's, and that's okay. Before we close it up, this is my goal. You know, I, I do want to get to that point where I could do these things in person and set up some yeah. kind of, you know, mini studio space where, you know, I could do, you know some better cool content but yeah I, hopefully we do I'll, person and I'll, meet, meet I'll bring a i'll bring a, a guest you know with me like an athlete or an artist or something and then yeah. we can, you know yeah build, build, help help continue to build that empire that you got cooking man all right so, man well I, I appreciate your time mike and uh of course we'll, we'll be uh connecting again man so stay all safe right, and uh enjoy the rest of your day man thank you thank you all right thank you Thank you.